For our thinking point today, we're looking at the political party funding report that uh, was made public by the IEC. It's for the second quarter of declarations. Remember, you can also be part of the conversation on 011-714-2006. That's the number to dial uh, for us this morning, 011-714-2006. I'll take those WhatsApp voice notes and SMSs on 614 107 on Twitter at SFM Radio. The hashtag there, SAFM Talking Point. George Matlangu is the Deputy Chief Electoral Officer for Political Party Funding and joins us. Mr. Matlangu, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners at home. There's been a lot of reaction, of course, to what has been publicized by the IEC in terms of the parties that have made these declarations. Overall, is the IEC satisfied with the state of reporting from political parties? Yeah, Chelsea, we are, in terms of reporting, you would be aware that uh, we are statutorily obligated to publish what has been disclosed to us as a commission on quarterly basis. So we do not go out there and look for these uh, declarations. So these declarations are made to us, and then we publish what has been made to us. In the first quarter, the IEC had raised concerns that the reason why you felt um, there were such low levels of disclosure was because political parties in some strains were still trying to get to grips with the legislation and, you know, get clarity on how exactly it applies. Do you think that that is still the case right now? I must say we've seen an improvement in terms of compliance, uh, Casey. In Q1, we had to make a follow-up, you know, to the political parties to confirm whether they have received any donations or not. However, we are not required, you know, by the legislation to make follow-ups, but we did nevertheless, um, you know, send emails to all the registered political parties. So in Q2, we haven't done so because... um, uh, we expecting political parties uh, to comply with the legislation themselves. The honors rests with the political parties to disclose donations that are above 100,000 per, per source per year, uh, limited to 15 million per annum. However, we see, we've seen an increase from three political parties to six political parties in Q2 that have disclosed mm. their donations. How many political parties contested this local government elections? We were a lot of uh, political parties. I think the number was around 93,000 that were contesting the, the, the local government elections, about 93,000 uh, or so of, of, of political parties. However, in terms of contestation, um, they will register and pay a small amount you know, um, with the electoral operations. Well, we do not know whether all those who have uh, contesting um, elections have received donations. Um, we will only know once the year has ended, because political parties are expected to appoint auditors that will look at the entire year, because mm-hmm. at the moment we are looking at quarterly declarations to us. However, at the end of the financial year of the political party, an auditor will have to look at you know, all the transactions that took place in the year. So in an event that there is um, 
undeclared donation which qualified uh, for declaration, we will know at that point that a political party has, you know, transgressed a particular section of this act. Many South Africans are skeptical about the extent to which uh, some of these organizations have been transparent when it comes to these disclosures. And there are different questions being asked. From the IEC perspective, are you as an organization asking any questions about why it is that you only have six parties that have come forward with these disclosures? The law doesn't provide us to go out and request that information. However, any member of the public, any member of the society um, can lay a complaint uh, to the commission uh, relating to any undeclared donation uh, that, you know, uh, they may be aware of. So so if the chief electoral officer um, sees that there's a prima facie substance to the complaint, the complaint will be investigated. So we don't go out there and look for um, non-disclosure. However, if the information is brought to our attention, the investigation to Mm. that effect will ensue. If one looks at the kind of campaigns that political parties held, and you know, there are a number of some of the bigger parties that did not make any disclosures, at least for the second quarter. The IFP is among them, the Freedom Front Plus is among them, the EFF is among them. Um, and yet we know that all of these parties ran um, election campaigns. Now, in as far as the transparency of how the funding of these election campaigns took place, is there anything that the IEC can do to ask questions around um, how these campaigns were funded? You see, the law doesn't allow us to do so. So if, if we do so, we will be acting outside um, uh, the laws, firstly. Secondly, because we are not running you know, the business of the political parties themselves, we do not know whether um, what has the money that has been spent on this campaign, is it new money or is it old money? Um, whether some political parties have prepared them in advance, knowing that uh, the law is coming to effect on the 1st of April 2021. They might have saved money, we do not know. So we are not at the moment administering, you know, this legislation on suspicion uh, that um, it doesn't seem right that there is this uh, massive campaign, but there isn't any um, disclosure or or declaration that has been done with us. That information will come forth at the end of the financial year because we are going to see those audited financial statements. Mr. Matlangu, we're going to continue the conversation in a bit. I want to, uh, I want you to respond to some of the concerns that are being raised by the DA around how the IEC is conducting uh, the compilation of these reports. It's 9.30. Luyanda is standing by with your headlines. Luyanda, welcome back. Good morning. Continue the conversation on the talking point for our thinking point today. We're looking at uh, the declarations by political parties, at least in alignment with the 
Political Party Funding Act and those declarations that uh, have been made public by the IEC. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, it's 0614-104-107. You can send your voice notes and text messages there. And on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag SFM uh, Talking Point. So, Mr. Matlangu, one of the issues that has been raised is by the Democratic Alliance that says right now there's no report that states the parties that have failed to submit their reports and there's also no report on on zero returns and so they they, they're raising questions about the credibility of this process and the extent to which it, it it does result in the kind of transparency that it was intended for Jesse, you, you, you correct that there are no reports of such because we are not expected to provide such until the process of audit has been um, uh, finalized. As I said earlier on, um, the way the legislation uh, was drafted, it left the onus to the political party um, to declare these donations. And, 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 and I think um, maybe the society must also uh, not forget the fact that we are the implementers of this legislation. This legislation was developed by a select committee that comprised of various political parties, and it was put at the doorstep of the commission. With these witnesses, at the moment, as the commission, we can't do much until this legislation has been amended to give us the powers to do so. But we cannot at the moment operate outside what has been brought before the Commission to implement this legislation. Are you concerned that um, if the process begins to lose credibility, then you will have some political parties opting to not declare as the DA is already threatening? Look, in, in, in an event where a political party or a donor, because this legislation expects both the donor and the political party to declare, um, there is a schedule of offenses. And um, uh, we are also expecting the public uh, to be, you know, the eyes of the commission out there. Uh, if there's something that they notice uh, that is untoward, to be brought before the commission as long as there is evidence mm-hmm. that they know that so-and-so has donated an amount that is above uh, the declarable uh, quantum, and that amount has not been declared. It doesn't appear in any report that we are putting before the public. We will, we will, we will, we will look at that, and we will investigate um, 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 uh, that complaint or that allegation that will be brought before the commission. Mr. Matangu, just finally, I want us to take a look at that donation that was made by the Chancellor House Trust for uh, the ANC. I think it's just above five million, 15 uh, million rand, rather. There, there are concerns that um, that donation in and of itself um, is, 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 is a wrongful donation because it goes against, it, it is in breach in terms of uh, the standards or the, regu- the ways in which the regulation has been, um, has been formulated. I don't know if the IEC is looking at that at all and if you can just clarify what the issue there might be. 
you see, when we receive, when we receive this declaration, uh, 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 this disclosure, uh, we, all what we look for is it is it a juristic person, and what the juristic person has to do. Mm. Is it an individual or a natural person? Is it a foreign uh, entity? And then we disclose as such. So we are not, uh, as the commission, going into depth of what is the relationship between the donor um, and the recipient. Now, the, 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 the thrust of this legislation mustn't be lost because it seeks to, um, you know, to, to promote transparency and accountability. It is the public when it votes. It will look at who has donated uh, or who, which political party has received a donation and from whom. And if the public or the society is of the opinion that uh, it is incorrect, they will punish uh, that particular political party when it comes to um, uh, voting time. So we must look at this legislation from that point of view. All right. Mr. Matlango, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. We've got quite a number of callers that are lined up that specifically want to talk about funding. I'm not sure that they will actually um, want you to answer specific questions. So just in case, let's do that. And uh, I, I don't know how you made it to the top of the queue. Mike in Newlands, good morning. And I hope you, you're not you're just going to be on your best behavior, Mike. Please go for it. I can get your Oh please, when are you always on your when are you always on your best behavior? Okay, go for it, Mike. Uh, thanks, Kathy. First of all, I just want to say that I think this legislation is really uh, the poorest, uh, baddest, worst thing that we could have had for democracy. A small business that perhaps gets a, a, small, a government tender but would like to support another party will now have to declare that and, of course, now will jeopardize, it's possible to jeopardize its tender with the government, which, of course, is the ANC. So that the smaller parties will lose that income. The second thing is now that I've heard one of the ways to get around this is that the ANC has, has got this new idea. What they'll do is they'll take, say, 10 million rands worth of assets it's worth $10 million. They'll sell it for $10 million, but a donor will buy it for $20 million. So the ANC will make 20, a $10 million rand profit. Now that, as I understand it, uh, so it won't get recorded as a, ben- as, as a donation. It'll simply be a profit into the ANC. But obviously they're going to use that for electioneering. And then finally, I just want to touch on one thing here, and I hope you're not going to be too cross with me, Kathy, but I think I'm entitled to raise it. At the beginning of the year, 430 million rand went missing uh, from the Department of Education. MEC Panyaza Lusufi sits with a report on his desk, and he has said nothing since he received the report two months ago. Now, I'm asking the question, if 430 million went missing and 20% of that got kicked back to the ANC because all these companies, as Cathy and you know and I know, were all mostly all instant companies formed literally overnight and suddenly benefited from this crazy disinfectant-type scam, they just have to kick back 20%, Cathy, and it would be something in the region of, what is it, like 80, 80 million rand would have been kicked back to the ANC for so, their coffers yeah. as, their, as their portion of the money. Now, no way, as I understand the legislation, is it going to find and highlight these, these issues. So, 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 Mike, I just want to be clear on, on, on something. When you talk about the fact that the ANC is, you know, planning on selling off property, where did you get this information from? Uh, this, this information, I, I, as I say, I can't. Uh, this was on um, one of the. Uh, it was a paper written about this legislation and why it would be bad to democracy. I'll be honest with you, Kathy. I can't remember what, but I just, I just rang so, a bell so, with so, me. Okay, so it's basically speculative, and and oh, and, and and it's something but, that not just the ANC 
could possibly do, no. but any of other political you're party. Correct, okay. Yes. I, I, I yes, just I wanted to clear. The yeah. point I'm trying to make is that, you see, it's something the legislation can't protect us from. Anybody can do this. I say the ANC because sadly they, have a, they are massively corrupt, but it could be any party. But how is he going to find out if that is happening and how is he going to correct it? It's not going to happen, which makes this legislation weak, ineffective, All right. Okay, Mike, Uh, let's leave it there for this morning. Mike out in Newlands. I think the broader point that he was making there is about the different types of loopholes that political parties can and will find, especially if they don't want to come forward with who their donors are. We'll take a quick break. I'm back with more funding. Uh, Mr. Matlong is also still on the line to respond to some of these issues. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. I'm going to take Ndata Butana in Rosebank. You also want to talk about funding. So we'll get, I think, uh, the direct issues for George Matlangu out of the way because he also has to leave soon. Ndata Butana, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That, that legislation, Jeffrey, is designed not to achieve anything worse it is designed by people that want to benefit from it. It is hopeless. It wastes time. If they were serious about the disclosure, they should start from revenue, from the spent income that they have received from anywhere. As it is, it's just a waste of time. So you don't believe that it's leading to greater transparency? Look, some of the things that we know today, we wouldn't have known before. Cassie, uh, uh, Chancellor House has been giving ANC money. Chancellor House has, has, uh, 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 has also got involved in ESCOM destruction. We know that. It's not something secret. We know those things. And, 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 and NASPERS and the Oppenheimers? We'll leave it there. I'll get Mr. Matlangu to respond. Mr. Matlangu, you can respond to the issues of political funding. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, uh, I think you're correct that um, um, what we're reporting is not hearsay anymore. Uh, it is something that uh, has been officially brought you know, to the public. So at least we know something. Um, as this is a first of its kind, I think as time goes by, um, we will know more about you know, where does this money come from? And we must, you know, as the commission, would want political parties, you know, to be funded, uh, Casey, because a weaker uh, democracy results, you know, to a weaker foundation uh, in terms of uh, uh, running the country. So there are dispensations where, um, in other countries, where the government um, funds political parties 100%, so they are not getting money from the private sector. Unfortunately, in our country, because of the economic situation, government doesn't, you know, afford to fund, you know, a lot of money to the political parties. Hence, we've got funds like multi-party democracy fund. That we hoped and we wish that many businesses will put in money there instead of choosing 
uh, a particular political party. But however, as, as the owner of the money, uh, you can choose who you would want to fund. Mm. However, multi-party democracy fund was an ideal as it funds, you know, the political parties that uh, are represented in the in the in the two legislative houses. All right, Mr. Matlangu, let's leave it there for this morning. George Matlangu is the deputy chief electoral officer for political party funding. So he says, wait until year end before we can have we can make uh, conclusions about the extent to which some political parties are not declaring um, because they have not received donations. So uh, that's the issue on political p- party funding. Let me go to uh, 